Everybody and welcome to the latest installment of Blake's Takes for God's Sakes, a Wednesday podcast. Now, uh, this is gonna be a, a little bit. So, I had like a plan for this podcast. I didn't, um, but I was planning to come up with a plan for this podcast. And then uh, I just saw Norm Macdonald died, which like is. So I, I don't know how long this segment's gonna be. I, I've a feeling that either it will be uh I'll be able to speak a lot more succinctly about him than I think or this will be quite the long segment I'm not sure but I just kind of want to react um in real time of what that guy meant to both talk about him as a person you know and his style as a stand-up comedian and you know who like what he was analyzing his comedy from my point of view and then I kind of want to go over what he meant to stand-ups and what he meant to stand-up comedy in general and and, and actually not even just stand-up but but comedy uh in general because i at least in my lifetime there's literally no one like him um there was nobody because he was the guy who in my opinion and i'm, I'm not speaking hyperbolically here Norm McDonald, Norm McDonald might have been the funniest person of all time. And I'm not saying he definitely was, but he is definitely on the short list in that conversation. I've never seen... So why don't I... I guess I'll start off with like what he meant to me. And I, and I think I've told this story um, maybe once or twice like i don't know if i've told it during interviews or uh, if i've told it to to people personally but um whenever i'm asked uh what what are like some of the biggest regrets of my career um other than all of it uh <laughs> the the actual biggest regret i've ever had um involves norm mcdonald so when I moved to Los Angeles in two, th- I almost said two thousand seven, which is not accurate. Uh, that is when I graduated from high school. Um, when I moved to LA in twenty eleven, um, I uh, you know knew Todd Glass was. Um, I would say we were friends at that point, and Todd was you know had, and anyone who listens to this podcast, you know, um, just the uh, Todd and I are now uh, very. He's one of my closest friends. And he uh, has had like a very profound effect on my career, uh, more than almost anyone, if not anyone. Like, Todd, like there is no whatever Blake Wexler is without Todd Glass. He's done more for me. I mean, just straight up, he's done more for me than anyone else in the entire world for my stand-up career, short of like my parents encouraging me to do stand-up. So, Todd had just started his podcast, the Todd Glass Show. He didn't. It was actually going for a year. Um, and I'd been listening to it, listening to it, and it sounded so much fun. And he would let me come and hang out, and you know, occasionally do a bit on the podcast. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't a strong enough uh, comedian yet to be a guest on it, but he would let me do random segments and stuff, and be in there with you know my comedy heroes like, uh, you know, Patton Oswalt, um, just all these like I don't know why I could only come up with Gary Goleman, Andy Kindler, Eddie Pepitone, just you know Sarah Silverman, all these amazing stand-ups. And 
one day Todd called me. I was, I think I was 22, maybe 23 years old. And even then he was like, Hey, like, just so you know, I don't like, he goes like, I, I have a favor to ask of you. And I would never, ever ask this favor. Um, if I didn't think that this would be a thing that you'd think was fun. And he goes, I need you to pick up my guest. And again, my, my guest on the podcast for today. And he goes, again, I really appreciate Todd saying this way because so much of my life is uh, uh, being treated with just a complete lack of respect. <laughs> Almost all of my career is people uh, completely disrespecting me. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm laughing just because of like what a horrible life it is. Um, <laughs> so... Todd goes, um, so the fact that he's uh, handled this so delicately for my, for both my ego and just, you know, I'm like a, like an, like an abused shelter dog. Um, you got to handle me with care. So he goes, and this was early. (laughs) This wasn't, I hadn't even taken a brunt of my beatings yet. So, um, Todd goes, just, you know, I don't, I would never think of you as like a driver or ask you to do something like this, but he goes, um, Norm McDonald's on the podcast today and he doesn't drive. Which is already, as a side note, so funny that someone like Norm Macdonald, who is, because is incredibly famous, like an incredibly famous person, and yet I don't know if he's famous enough to not drive. No, he is. He's famous enough to not drive. But it is funny that someone like Norm Macdonald, who start you know started out on the East Coast, lives in Los Angeles, where you literally have to drive everywhere, and he just. It's not that he can't drive. He does not drive. He will not drive. So Todd said, will you go pick him up for me and take um, take him to the uh, the podcast? And I was like, yes, yes. Because Norm was, even then, one of my favorite stand-up comedians. And he, literally no one like him. And so I'm in my shitty car, my, uh, it was my first, actually, it probably wasn't really that shitty at the time, it was a little Mazda 3, and, um, what a, what a fucking engine on that thing, so I drive to Santa Monica, and I'm like, what is this even gonna be, like, because I've, I don't think I had ever been around a celebrity of that caliber, right? No, I had never been. I because after you know, like after going to roasts and like working on roasts and like uh, PAing on roasts when I was uh, first moved to LA, um, Comedy Central let me be an assistant on some roasts. So there, you're around the most famous people in the world. But I had never been around someone as famous as Norm Macdonald, much less in a car, in my car, driving him for 45 minutes, just him and I in the car. And it's not like Norm would go on his phone because I don't think he knew how to use his phone. <laughs> so we were going to be talking for like 45 minutes. And so I pick him up at his house and he gets in the car and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is Norm McDonald sitting in my car. So I'm driving him and we're talking and he was so engaging and asked me about like me as a stand up. And because that was the thing about Norm McDonald that like to a person, every single stand up comedian would say how kind he was to other stand-ups and I think that's a a thing I've found in general where literally every stand-up comedian who stand-up comedians love to watch do stand-up you find out that those comedians are also incredibly good to other stand-ups and 
Norm, um, so Norm was in the car, and I, I forget how this happened, but he told me this story on the way there where um, he uh, was, we were talking about um, Don Rickles. I must called him Dan Rickles. <laughs> it was a silly mistake to make. This is all true, by the way. This is not. A, I know this is not a normal podcast where um, I just do a cartwheels and uh, make a zim zam 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 zam. You know, like. Uh, but yeah, this is um, different podcast this week. So uh, Norm was telling me a story where uh, Norm's from Canada, and Norm had just started doing stand up, and he went to see Don Rickles uh, at a theater in Toronto. And uh, I'm trying to wait. Let me make sure <laughs> at a theater in Toronto. And this is the second time Norm had seen him on this tour. He had seen him in a different city in Canada. And um, Norm uh, went up to Norm had just started doing like was not even no one knew who Norm McDonald was yet and had just started doing stand up. And after the show, Don Rickles was like meeting and greeting the fans there and um, say, uh, so, oh, yeah, so Norm goes up to him, and he goes, like, hey, Don, I'm Norm. And Norm McDonald is telling me this story in my car, and uh, Don goes, oh, hello, Norm, and he goes, and and, and Norm goes, and I, and I said to Don Rickles, I was like, uh, hey, hey, man, I, you know, I'm a stand-up comedian, and, you know, Don Rickles was a very, uh, you know, it was very, very nice, and he goes, oh, yeah, that's great, and I go, hey, uh, uh by the way, Don, I also, like, I'm, I'm going to go to your show in Montreal, too. And then Don Rickles goes, oh, good, I'll send up a flag. <laughs> it was just, Norm started laughing at that. And just to hear, because I've laughed about my comedy legend and just stories that you hear about them being so them and so funny. And I've laughed about those stories with my peers at that point but never with a person whose story I would be telling my peers. Does that make sense? Like I was laughing about a story with one of my comedy heroes where he was telling me a story about one of his comedy heroes. And we got to the podcast and he was so fucking funny and so nice. And um, again, this goes back to one of my biggest regrets in standup and uh, I'm driving back to Santa Monica, and at the time, you know, I had no money. Like, I think Todd had to give me gas money because I couldn't afford it. And I was an extra. I was doing, like, background work, like, where I would stand in the background of um, – you, you understand what an extra is. So I would work at, like, 6 a.m. I'd have to go to set and get paid $8 an hour, and it was uh, it was awful. And I just couldn't handle – not getting enough sleep and on our way back norm was like hey you want to get something to eat and it was like 10 45 at night and there was just something where i'm like I'm like is this weird to get like just me and this guy getting even though it was norm mcdonald and then i'm like no it's not weird i'm like i i have to wake up really early and i i didn't do any he was like oh that's okay i'll just order food and just to have been able to spend another hour and a half like hanging out with Norm McDonald eating late at night, like just that, I mean, like what's better than that? Like you get into, you know, a lot of, you get into stand-up to have a career and uh, to be successful, making people laugh. You want your peers to respect you. You know, you want to put out good work. And then another huge part of doing stand-up, in addition to that and like not waking up early, <laughs> is that uh, is the hangouts and being with other comics and 
to have been able to spend that extra time with him. Uh, it, biggest, I mean, not speaking hyperbolically at all, the biggest regret of my uh, of my career. Just so, so, but like just, and it was, it's interesting too, where the only thing, and you know, now I'm like, oh, like I'm a grown up, I can handle it. But you know, when I was younger, that, uh, that regret, the thing was like, oh, well, I, I'll do another show with him at some point, you know, like I'll open for him at some point or, or something like that. And, um, fuck, a few years later, I was supposed to open for him in San Diego. And the club, I, th- I think the club had forgotten they booked me for him. And uh, I wasn't able to do the week. Or like, and, um, and, and I wasn't able to do the week, which was like also just fucking devastating. Um, but anyways, it's, it's not about me. I'm, like, I'm, I'm talking about him in this way where you'll see if you go on Twitter today or Instagram or wherever you see t- uh, comedians post, every single stand-up comedian had the most respect and has the most respect for norm mcdonald and it's very rare when you for you to see something like that and the reason why if or at least from my point of view and this is so here's part two of the uh my thoughts on norm mcdonald's passing is um often it it is very very rare. Like I, I'm trying to think of the last time I saw something like this, but he, Norm Macdonald, did not play by the rules, like by the the rules of the entertainment business. Does that make sense? And he was massively su- like successful despite that. So, nor and and I think that's what every stand up comedian wants and every comedy person where, um, there is. Almost to a person, everyone has problems with authority. Like, you don't get into stand-up or into comedy to have a boss. And then what happens is when you get successful enough, you are making money for these networks. And these networks employ people. And these people who are employed, the way that they get to keep their jobs is to have successful products. Therefore, they are the ones that hire you um, as a comedy person. Therefore, they get to tell you what to do. And that's kind of how it works, you know? And the issue that a lot of us comedy people have with, like, I'll call them, like, studio executives or whatever, is that um, we don't think almost any of them know what the fuck they're talking about. And I do think that that's true. I I think, like, my friend Ryan is the only comedy, or sorry, the only studio executive that knows what he's doing, (laughs) you know? Everyone else is just like, maybe trust the comedian who does this every single maybe just trust just help them i think that's the role of a studio executive is just just help help the comedian do what they just just help the talent help them just be like hey just so you know i don't want to change all this just just so you know this is uh how to make this a little bit better for our network and then that comedian should listen to that if if it's just a, if it's like a note like that they should not give anyway. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting so Norm did not give Norm would would not give a fuck, and he in a way where he would was so publicly difficult to work with. 
Again, not for other comics because every creative comedy person I know who ever worked with him was um, loved him, absolutely loved him, and would glowingly tell stories about him and and, and how giving he was and and how sweet he was and how fucking just unreal funny. Now, I'm gonna go why uh, I guess I'll go into why he's so funny next, but he would just the SNL thing and. Just to catch you up, most of you probably already know this, but uh, Norm MacDonald was the Weekend Update host on SNL for years. And then he he was warned repeatedly not to make jokes about O.J. Simpson. And then he kept making jokes about O.J. Simpson. And I believe the head of the network of NBC was friends with O.J. Simpson. And they fired Norm MacDonald. And they said, uh, I, I think the reason for it was, like, oh, he just like wasn't a good fit. We're looking for like someone like who's funnier in that role or something. And then like a year later, Norm comes back to host SNL, and he, his monologue. Listen, look up Norm Macdonald SNL monologue because it's he essentially goes on and says that, uh, says like, you know, I was fired because uh, yeah, I'm not funny, and uh, now a year later. I'm here hosting SNL, which means that I'm, so how's that happen? You know, it's like either I got funny in the past year, which is impossible, or something else happened. And I think I realized uh, it's not that I've gotten fun. No one can get funny in a year. It's just that the, sh- the show blows <laughs> because the show sucks. So compared to the show, I'm funny. But in a vet, he goes like, the show's not good. You'll see. And and that was another thing that made him so funny is that he had these sidelines. Like, oh, you'll see. Or like, like, oh, you know, that that sort of stuff's okay nowadays. And so he was, Norm always did, I think, whatever the fuck he wanted. And I think that's why comedians speak so reverentially about him is that we're all so, it's something that we all want to do, but either we don't have the guts or, or we do whatever the fuck we want, and uh, that completely destroys our careers. That's how funny Norm MacDonald is. Th- think about this for a second. Norm MacDonald is so funny that he would not cooperate with the networks that hired him and the movies that hired him. He would, And by the way, obviously he would sometimes. like He wasn't like a complete monster or anything, but he would... He was so sure of his way of doing things or or just so wanted to do his way of doing things he just didn't care and for most people most comedians most uh people in the entertainment business if you did that you would have no career you would absolutely destroy your career because you'd be labeled as someone who's hard to work with and here's the thing about the entertainment business there's a million people in line so it's like all right white guy you're not funny then we're gonna take the next white guy in line or i'm sorry you're not oh you won't cooperate well there's another funny white guy in line or like oh there's a funny you know person of color or like like blah 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 so it's he was so fucking undeniably funny that despite rubbing people the wrong way that he was working for he still was massively successful and not just with stand-up with you know he had his uh one of my favorite shows ever was Norm MacDonald's sports show on Comedy Central. And if you didn't see it, you it was probably impossible for you to see it because it was on for like one season. And it was so funny where 
he had a sports segment on there where it was like you know like because espn and all, all these networks it's just always such lowest common denominator like um like is it like the next segment is good or bad is lamar jackson good or is he bad and it's like can we please just add some other just some level of advanced thought here no good or bad did he play good or did he go bad you you cannot there's no level of higher thinking and Norm had a segment like 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 a segment making fun of that on his show called What the H. <laughs> or he'd be like, What the H? And then there would be like a boom, what the H you know, it would just have like a graphic that says what the H. And God damn. So that was the thing too, where he did whatever he wanted to do, and then eventually he had his uh, YouTube show. Was it YouTube? I think it went on Netflix, um, Norm McDonald Live, where you would just interview people, and it was just so Norm and so weird. And, like, I think that might be a good way to go. Like, why was he so funny? Is, first of all, Norm McDonald's voice, where if you have any one of the things I'm about to say, you're a talented comedian. And Norm had every single one of these things, where he had... um. First of all, his voice was very, very funny. Like, his voice was hysterical. And then, not only was his voice hysterical, he had a very funny cadence, which is different. So, the way his timing and and the way in which he spoke and um, the emphasis that he would uh, put on words and be like, like, what the H? Like, he he would just, every, every once in a while, just put he would italicize words if they were written on the page the way he spoke in in a way that words ought not be emphasized and it was just so and the way he would deliver a punchline is uh he'd like say he wouldn't yell it but he would say it in a louder voice just to drive it home and any i I think any other comedian that would try doing that would sound corny but because he was so silly and weird and so there's those two things. Then also, he was just such a wordsmith and was such a fantastic, just an unreal writer and would talk about the darkest things, like the absolute darkest. He had a line. I think he had an entire joke in one of his specials about like kidnapping someone. And then he goes, he had the line, he goes like, uh, yeah, you know, you, you do that thing that makes you feel like God. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what, you don't know exactly what it, what that means, but it's the funniest that, you know, you do that thing that makes you feel like God is such a crazy thing to say into a microphone. And, and that is another, that, that's another thing, too, because I, I want to address also is that it, when you go back and watch Norm clips, Norm does say problematic shit, period. And he, he says antiquated words way after the fact. There was, like, a t- time where he was creepy around women, and I, I, I've never heard any stories of him 
doing anything like worse than that but he would like i remember he had a an episode with got on his show where like i think it was jane fonda and he would like give her a kiss on the like the cheek and something that would made me like my skin crawl but you, you never heard any stories about norm about him being a bad guy like that and however you would see these you know he would i'm about to use a, a word that i don't say he would say words like retard which is an awful word that you shouldn't say, but he would, he would say that word and he would say gay and like, you know, and I I think Todd Glass said it perfectly where, you know, Norm was saying shit like that on Todd's podcast. It was, you know, eight years ago and Todd had already been, you know, very vocal about uh, being careful with the words you say. And people were writing Todd like, Oh, like Todd, why didn't you correct Norm on your podcast when he was speaking this way and todd goes uh i I know this is hypocritical but it's because he's norm you know i'm not gonna correct him (laughs) it's just because he's he's norm what am i gonna do and i think that's how he just got a pass that way because he was so sweet and weird where it was almost like an alien like would you correct an alien these are my words like would you correct an alien for using words that he that he shouldn't use or they i guess an alien what if an alien was like very very specific about how it wanted to be gendered <laughs> no i am a he he i am a he not they not them not she her he and it's just like oh cool it's a misogynist what if here's my here's a sketch for you what if et was a misogynist um <laughs> phone home but not wife <laughs> all right sorry that's not a good not a good joke um so anyway uh but yeah norm just had a pass and so so he was an, an incredible writer and would it, like attack just the the darkest fucking subjects and damn i mean i mean just so funny like this was this was um this was like a punch to the chest, this one. This was a this is a fucking rough one. Anthony uh Anthony Jeselnik had a great tweet saying that um Norm McDonald having cancer for six years and not telling anybody is the most norm shit ever. And it's true. Um watch um God, just go on Netflix, and I, I think they're on Netflix. Watch his stand-up special, Me Doing Stand-Up. That might be on... Co- he has an incredible Comedy Central special, and then he also had one more special on Netflix that I'm thinking of, his most recent one. And it is so funny. And like, and, and here's a way that he was able to... And here's another nerdy stand-up thing that made him so funny that I really appreciated, is that he could command a crowd without moving. He... Because when you think of a lot of our, a lot of your favorite stand-ups, like, you know, Dave Chappelle stalks around the stage and, you know, like, uh, I don't don't know why he's the only, you know, Chris Rock does that. Like, even Jerry Seinfeld and, you know, like, he, he stalks, like, he, he moves around the stage. And the only people I've ever seen command a stage without moving, with standing in one place, is uh, actually Deborah DiGiovanni's one who is 
one of my favorite stand-ups. If you haven't seen Deborah's stand-up, I've mentioned her on here before, but she is so fucking, she stands, keeps the mic in the mic stand, and she just delivers. Now, she is very animated and loud in a great way, so she, uh, I was just trying to laugh. She she had a line where she goes like uh, she was telling the story about this guy and, he goes, and she goes like I know he he was Russian which is fine and I know I just said like Norm had a similar line but like obviously they're completely uh completely different have nothing to do with one another but um so and I'll tell you why this is impressive in a second but the only people I've seen comedians I've seen command an audience without taking the mic out of the mic stand is Norm Deb Giovanni. And um, I saw Mitch Hedberg before he died, and he was able to do it too. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. And me, I think. No, I'm kidding. Um, and, and Blake Wexler. Now, the reason why, and again, I know this is very nerdy comedy, but the reason why that's so impressive is that so there's different, the, the tricks that make you a great stand up are are you engaging? Are you charismatic? Can you perform? Are you a great writer? Can you, and then like all the, you know, like turns of phrase, callbacks, blah, 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 crowd work. Um, oh, Todd Barry, I guess. But does Todd Barry move around? Whatever. So you, you get my point. It, it's not a lot of comedians. And he, and the reason why, that, sorry, I, I thought I heard crying, and it's because I'm kicking this door, and it's my hinges. Listen, if anyone wants to come over and oil my hinges, by oil, oil me hinges. So, isn't it weird where normally I would be making jokes like that the entire podcast, and now I, me making a weird, saying weird things in a sincere podcast just is, like, jarring. It's awful. Is that just what my is my podcast just jarring? The critics have raves, rave, critics have has raves. The critics have raved that Blake Wexler's podcast is jarring. The New York Times laments <laughs> Blake Wexler's jarring. All right, let me take a sip of water before I continue with this. So, the reason why that's so impressive to be able to like leave the mic in the mic stand and command an audience is because a comedian only has so many tools in their belt and to throw away the tools of perf- of like perf- of like moving around engage cuz like moving around engages the audience you know like you, you can move closer to them you can lean in for a, a effect you get to turn to one side of the crowd talk to the other side of the crowd but to just leave the mic in the mic stand all of your power is focused on one you only have one weapon right and that is your jokes the writing and for him like your cadence oh my god i almost just fell out of my chair (laughs) i am so glad this is not a video podcast because the look of fear on my face just now would have been i would say the least attractive thing in the entire world my contact lenses almost shot out of my eyes into the window and just went like just sat there. So, oh my god, that was terrifying. So that's how good Norm was. And that's how good, you know, those other comics I mentioned are where literally you you're putting all your other weapons away and it's like, "Hey, I'm putting all the weight on my jokes." And that's how good his jokes are. So 
<sighs> fuck. It's, you know, again, it, we weren't friends or anything, so I'm not, like, crying, but I, I do love... I'm trying to articulate, like, why this hits so hard, and I think it's because if you love stand-up, which I do, on a level where it's, like, I'm not a fan of stand-up, like, I'm... It's one of my, like, I mean, you know, just ask my fiance. I'm, I'm like in a relationship, but it's like one of the loves of my life, you know? And to have lost something that makes that love, that has helped make that love so great is, uh, is really tough. It is, it sucks. It's brutal. Cause he really did. He was everything. And I haven't even talked about his acting. Let me bring up, all right, this is, so everything I've said about him is just so, like, you know, for the most part, just so glowing what made him special. Let me tell you another thing. And this is, if if Norm MacDonald was, like, just heard anyone, like, recapping his career, what I'm about to say, he would be like, but you're fucking bringing that up? That? So he, um... All right, so he was in this movie. Okay, so this movie, speaking of things that have not aged well, this movie is probably a fucking disaster to watch right now. It's probably the most offensive thing in the world, like, to, like, literally, like, anyone. And it's called Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo, and it starred Rob Schneider, who is not a good guy or or a good guy. This movie was great in spite of him. So, actually, let me take away great. I laughed so hard at this movie when I was a teenager in high school, despite him. So I would actually like to rewatch this movie as an adult and probably edit out everything I'm about to say about me laughing so hard at this because I think it's probably just a disaster. But it was about man, man, I'm going to call them how they refer to in the movie. They call themselves man whores, gigolos, and in um, Amsterdam. And they had a big summit of all the man whores in in Europe and Norm Macdonald did a a cameo in it actually it was more than a cameo I think he just played a character and he was this of all the gigolos the weirdest gigolo there and he stands up in the middle of this like big summit and he goes y'all know me the name's McManus and then he goes through this long rant about like I don't even remember what it was it was about like whether or not you should have to wear like like a cock ring or like or condoms or something it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard I'm gonna rewatch it and see like maybe I'll rewatch it now and be like oh maybe 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 you shouldn't have brought this up in 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 the Norm Macdonald in memoriam but he um even something like that, just the guy, there's so many funny moments. His roast, during the roast, I forget who it was, but Norm MacDonald goes up, and instead of writing, like, all his roast jokes were street jokes that he was, like, reading out of a book. I, I think he actually did write them, though. He was like, um, uh, something where, like, hey, when I heard the lions were playing the bears, I was like, Sweetheart, get my gun. <laughs> Just like stuff. <laughs> and it wasn't exactly the joke. Look up 
Norm Macdonald's roast performance. And then every time someone would make fun of him, he'd like look over in shock as if like, why are these people making fun of me? Completely throwing out the rules of a roast. That, that was the best thing about him is that the guy would throw out the rules to everything and as a result be be so goddamn funny. Shit. Um. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to rewatch some of his stuff tonight. Uh, I, I hope you do too if you really want to laugh. If you're someone who hasn't um, engaged with Norm Macdonald's stand-up, uh, I highly, highly... It was as funny he is, as he was as a host. Oh, just a, f- a few more things before I... before. Uh, and that's this is just going to be the Norm Macdonald episode. Um, so... One thing that made me laugh so hard is that so uh, he was represented by one of the most powerful managers in entertainment. And if you don't know the entertainment business, basically, if you have one of these powerful managers, they either they rep you and they have the cachet to like get you like a million different things, you know, like to make you a force in the entertainment industry. And by the way, they would only do that if you were talented enough to do so. But um, or if you were someone's fucking kid, <laughs> but uh, so Norm, I think, was already super famous before being with this uh, this manager, and he had an interview with Rolling Stone, and in that interview, uh, they were interviewing him about a sports show coming out on Comedy Central where he was hosting the sports show, and uh, they were like, oh, you know, like Norm, like I'm, I'm surprised that this is uh, one of the like first times you're hosting. Like, do you enjoy hosting? And Norm said, um. I actually always wanted to host a show. Like, I always, like, you know, kind of actually dreamed of being a late-night host. And the interviewer goes, oh, like, did you ever do anything, like, you know, to try to make that happen? And Norm, in print, in Rolling Stone magazine, goes, well, I told my stupid fucking manager, but he didn't do shit. Like, <laughs> it just him and he named his manager by name and for someone to do that to their super powerful manager in rolling stone magazine and refer to them as his stupid fucking manager is like unreal funny and another interview i'm sorry all of these kind of go back to um the uh because i was interning at comedy central when they greenlit his um his sports show on there it was called norm sports show and I remember he did, uh, you know, in that same article, actually, or maybe it was a different article, they were interviewing, you know, people who knew Norm best. And the interviewer was asking Conan O'Brien about what made Norm so funny. And Conan said, Norm MacDonald is one of the funniest people in the entire world. And he's the only, <laughs> the only guest that uh, I would ever, that I've ever had in the history of late night who would say something that was so categorically untrue. He would just sit up there lying and telling a story that had was based in no facts whatsoever, and everyone would still be dying laughing at it. It was, and that's another Jesus. Look at Norm, and here let me let me end on this. So look at Norm. All right, let me let me give you a recommendation first. Let me promote. Uh, so I'm going to be at the Kelly Center in Havertown. There's no easy way. Like, oh, yeah, like remembering a comedian's death and now I'm plugging my dates. Um, but I am doing that. So, you know, like like I can make fun of it all I want, but uh, I am actually, I am still doing it. 
So uh, on Saturday at, uh, I believe, 7.30, um, I'm performing in Havertown at the Kelly Center. Um, and I believe those tickets are online. You can get those. And I think it's like an open bar for 15 bucks. So if you want to do that, that's available. I'll be doing like 25 minutes on that. Um, every Wednesday, uh, I am at St. Stephen's Green in Fairmount. So if you're around, come check that show out. And then, um, what else? Um, I completely just spaced out. I have other shows coming out too. So check those out. And, uh, anyway, so here's, here's my last. So if my recommendations, if you have time, if you have like a, an hour or two tonight, watch Norm McDonald's, uh, me doing stand up special. And then his last special on, um, on Netflix and also his Conan's where whenever Norm Macdonald would appear on Conan, he would tell this long story that was, it was literally a nine, eight or nine minute story, which is insanely long when you do panel on, um, on late night. And it was just this long story that, it, that just wasn't true. And some of them ended with Andy Richter being the butt of the joke or like, it was just look up Norm Macdonald Conan and, I'm not even talking about his most famous uh, chairman of the board clip, and and I'll end on this. He is he is that famous clip. If you haven't seen it, look up chairman of the board, Norm Macdonald Conan, and it is probably the greatest line in the history of late night, the entire medium of late night. And Norm Macdonald uh, afterwards said that he actually felt he he felt really bad about it because that's what a human being he was. He would say the comedically most personal thing. And then follow it up with being a uh, a great or a great sensitive person. So anyway, um, rest in peace, Norm Macdonald. And um, yeah, Jesus, uh, the stand comedy, just comedy in general, lost uh, one of its pillars. So uh, that's why I devoted forty Jesus forty one minutes to it. All right, so. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'll be giving, um, the patrons their special hellos soon and, um, patrons will see you on Friday, but, uh, yeah, sorry, this was a, a different episode, but, um, I think, uh, I, I think the passing of someone like that warranted something, um, he just warrants to be spoken about. Anyway, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. And, uh, I will be back next week with, uh, more fucking nonsense. All right. Have a great weekend. Goodbye. Bye.